Hey, this is Ed Luther, pastor of City Church in Australia. I hope that today's podcast really inspires you. Thank you so much for listening. You know, I am really excited to bring you the word this morning. Uh, For those of you who don't know me, my name is Matthew. And for those of you who do know me, you're also aware that I have been patiently awaiting my wife to return from a four-week placement in far north Queensland, to which this is the week she comes back. So I'm really looking forward to it. Pastor Ed is away, and so he's asked if I could bring you the next message on the fruit of the Spirit. I don't know about you, but I am really enjoying this series on the fruit of the Spirit. What an amazing journey as we continue to unpack each of these nine characteristics, these core qualities of, of the Holy Spirit, and just taking us really wider and deeper and higher into our understanding of God and our, our personal relationship with Him. So staying in order with the Scripture as we read the list in Galatians 5 and verse 22. We know that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, and today brings us to patience. I find it absolutely incredible, the interconnectedness of the fruit of the Spirit. I mean, Scripture tells us, right, that love is patient, love is peaceful, love is gentle and kind. We know that joy, whilst we we receive joy through abiding in the Lord, that joy is very much mixed in with patience and with faith and with joy, or with joy, with faith and with peace. And peace, well, we heard about that last week. Peace is totally rooted in joyfulness and faithfulness. And it stands as a reinforcement for patience, like a shield wall. So today, let's explore patience, because we'll find that it weaves through elements like temperance or self-control with the love, joy, and peace, but it results in goodness and kindness. It's like such a sweet mix of flavors that comes about, like the scripture in Psalms 34 or in 1 Peter 2. Look, today we're going to taste and see that the Lord is good. (laughs) <laughs> and now that, that just reminds me of MasterChef. <laughs> Have you ever seen that show? Alice and I, we used to love watching MasterChef back in the day when it was hosted by uh, Matt and Gary and George. And my favorite episodes were the ones where one of the chefs would bring out this incredible dish, and it was a taste talent challenge. And so inevitably, this was a really complex dish, but one that was quite familiar because they would put subtle hints of unexpected ingredients within this. And the contestant would win if, if they were the one that could identify the most correct ingredients in this dish. But in order to do this, what they're going to need to do is set aside their expectations of what they think this is about and just let their senses perceive the deeper meanings, or in this case, the deeper flavors that were there. Now, personally, I think this is the type of experience we actually hope for everyone that we come across in our path, that they would taste the blend of flavors of the Holy Spirit through their interaction with us. Because, see, when the fruit of the Spirit is in us and flows through us, well, at that point, the palate of the soul is going to taste the goodness of God, right? And everyone that is around cannot help but have an experience that is completely surrounded by the presence of God, whether they recognize it or not. 
Now, I would really love to stand here and tell you that when it comes to patience, I have got this mastered. But that would be such a joke. <laughs> I mean, I try. I think I'm fairly patient, but man, I am just a work in progress. And I'll share an embarrassing story. So it was only a couple of weeks ago, and I was trying to, to book a flight with Qantas on frequent flyer points. All, here are all my colleagues. Like, they go here, they go there, or they upgrade to first class, you know, and I'm like, I can do this. I've got a decade's worth of frequent flyer points. I had no idea this was going to be so complex. My first attempt, I wait on the phone for over an hour only to be accidentally disconnected as he greets me. Strike one, and I am instantly frustrated. <laughs> and I just couldn't be bothered to ring back today. So I ring back on another day, only to have that operator, after waiting for an hour, um, tell me that, oh, I'm sorry, we don't really do that over the phone because we designed this online system and the one in front of us isn't the same. Despite trying to explain that, but I'm just not getting it and I need some help. No, sorry, you're going to need to use that online system and ends the call. Strike two. Now, I thought, okay, I'm not that bad with software. I use it every day. I, surely I can figure this out. But, you know, I can't just say I want to go from Brisbane to Chicago and I want to go in June or September. There's too many variables there. I have to know every leg of the journey. I need to know the dates that I want to tr travel on. But the problem is that if, if one leg isn't available, it doesn't just tell you that. It just cancels the whole thing. You got to start all over again. And I'm getting really frustrated. I thought, I'm going to ring again. And this time I get someone who is willing to help me, provided that I can give them the flight numbers of every leg I want to go on? Do I need to do their job for them? Like, can I have access to your system? Strike three. Now, of course, at this point, I am just, I am blossoming with patience. I am so kind and understand. Are you crazy? Are you not getting the reference to American baseball that was strike three and you're out? <laughs> I'm over this unacceptable level of what I perceive anyway of customer service and an inept system that I can't use. <laughs> and so I continue to then express my frustration with them very sternly saying something along the lines of, well, you all just try and make this totally insurmountable, don't you? And I hung up. Wow. It was almost immediate, that wave of conviction. You know, like the waves that crack over the top of you when you're not paying attention in the surf? And I realized that I dropped it. I dropped the fruit and I left inevitably a bruise rather than the sweet flavor of patience. And yes, yeah, sure, I went later and I did more research and I got all those flight numbers and I got the dates and the legs and, and I had this big matrix and I tried this system and it just wasn't working. I don't think it was designed for the complexity of my trip. It just wants to go from like Brisbane to Melbourne. And so I thought, I'm going to give this one go or I'm just going to buy the ticket because I can't deal with this anymore. And I rang and I get this really patient guy who's very thankful that I have all the details and he spends an hour with me and we get this all done. And I am going home in September to visit my family, right? So that's really great. But you see, it was four phone calls and a ridiculous amount of time. But in the end, in the end, it was worth the wait. See, that's the uncanny thing about patience. Despite our potential impatience along the way, the outcomes are worth the wait. So what even is patience? And is there a why to patience? How would you define patience? Well, you know, commonly patience is a virtue, but that doesn't really tell you much. You know, patience is obviously the ability to wait, but mm, a little bit oversimplified maybe. 
Joyce Myers likes to say that it's the ability to keep a good attitude while you're waiting. And whilst that is true, I think we should turn to Google just to get a definition. But today we're going to turn to Gavin, and you'll see up on the screen, that the definition typically is the capacity to accept or tolerate delay, problems, or suffering without becoming annoyed or anxious. Cambridge similarly defines this as we read, the ability to wait or continue to do something despite difficulties, to suffer without complaining or becoming annoyed. But my favorite definition is actually a quote by an Orthodox Christian preacher and scholar whose name is Adelba Stavros. And he said that patience with others is love. And patience with self is hope. And patience with God is faith. Now, I love this because it really articulates the interconnectedness of the fruit of the Spirit, but it also highlights the, the uh, contemporary understanding that there are many applications of patience that exhibit different but yet interweaving uh, outcomes. See, patience is or perhaps provides the pause that lets us get our thoughts back in order and our feelings under control. But ironically, patient, to build patience, it's going to take patience. And you know, all this interweaving and this circling around patience, needing patience, it just, it, it does my head in a little bit and brings me back to realizing that it's, it's all about John 15 that we read, Pastor Ed read when we were talking about joy, that the key to building patience, of course, like probably any fruit of the Spirit, is drawing on the source. It's biting in the Lord. But we need to know more about this word. Let's look into this word. And no, I'm not going to give you a mind map this time. The, the feedback that I received from that was quite interesting. It varied from, oh, wow, that was really cool, to, hmm, I think you might need a psychological assessment to see what's going on in that brain of yours. <laughs> and whilst that may have been in jest and potentially true, we come to this topic today, and my inquiring mind wants to know more. So that led me into an in-depth word study with a number of different study tools, and it felt like walking through a rabbit warren, to be quite honest. But coming out the other end, there were some really amazing takeaways, and I want to share these with you today as quickly as I can. Now, because I think that you're going to find them not just interesting. You're going to find them worth the wait. Now, don't worry, we don't have time to go for a long scuba dive. But we need to grab our snorkel gear because we're going for a quick, deep dive into the origins and the meanings behind this word, patience. Because, see, for most of us, we would either acknowledge or cite this fourth aspect of the, whole, of the fruit of the Spirit as patience. And, and rightly so, because this Greek word, which is makruthamia, is used 14 times only in the New Testament, and twice they were originally translated patience. But what about these other 12 times? Because the other 12 times, they are only ever translated long-suffering. And long-suffering, of course, um, with that context of being slow to anger or avenging wrongs, endurance, consistency, perseverance, and forbearance. Now, in contrast to this, the word that we translate patience in well over 70 other occurrences in the New Testament, is predominantly derived from a different word, hippomene. Now, hippomene and a few other words that are much the same, they refer to patient continuance or cheerful endurance 
of constancy and steadfastness. Now, yes, there's this little bit of overlap, but I find it really interesting, and I propose significant, that these words, they were never translated long-suffering. So, I'm thinking, why? What is there in the contextual context of this, you know, this word that the fruit of the Spirit, specifically being Macruthamia, and this plethora of other occurrences strewn throughout the New Testament that is a completely different word? Now, the answer to that I found absolutely fascinating. See, scholars suggest that in order for us to actually understand this, we have to go back to realize that each of the nine characteristics of the fruit of the Spirit are specifically ascribed to God. No, I did not say they describe God. They are ascribed to God. Think in your mind DNA. It is an inherent capacity of Him. And Macruthamia is the only reference in the Bible to, that is ascribed to God, to His character. Even the Septuagint, which is the Greek translation of the Old Testament, uses this word particularly in Exodus 34 and verse 6, where God self-describes himself, let's read, and the Lord passed by him, being Moses, and proclaimed, the Lord, Lord God, merciful and gracious, Macruthamia, long-suffering and abounding in goodness. And in Numbers 14, we read again that the Lord is suffering of great mercy, forgiving iniquities and transgressions. Now, if we could turn to Jeremiah 15 in verse 15, we even find Jeremiah beseeching the Lord, please don't take away your Macruthamia. Don't take away your long-suffering. Please be patient with me. Now, in contrast to that, uh, hippomene is nowhere ascribed to God. We find it in the context of God being the author of this. He's designed and given this or imparted this patient endurance to us. There's no examples, actually, that I can think of or find where God needed to or had to be patient with a circumstance or an event. <laughs> But there are a lot of examples of God needing to demonstrate his macruthamia, his patience, long-suffering with humanity. So see, the practical summary is simply this, that macruthamia, that long-suffering in the fruit of the Spirit, is all about the interpersonal patience, that not being quick and you know, running off and getting angry or feeling like you need to seethe and be vengeful about it. it it's about putting on that character of God, and it mixes in, intertwines with other fruit of the Spirit. Whereas the hippomene, that cheerful endurance that through the come what may and the trials and tribulations that we will experience, well, that is something that God actually put together and designed and said, here, have this. It's a gift. I want to take you through two scriptures that I think will present this a little bit uh, directly because it demonstrates there has to be a distinct variance. And the reason it does this is it's the, both words are in the same verse. And if they didn't have distinct meanings, that would be redundant. So in, first or sorry, in, first Colossians, in Colossians 1, in verse 11, we read, Strengthened with all might, according to the glorious power, unto all hippomene and macruthamia. And in 2 Timothy 3, in verse 10, we read, but you, have but you have fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, macruthamia, charity, and hippomene. 
See, to me, this clearly highlights that there is an extended application and understanding of patience, with, which interestingly is fully supported in modern research. See, people, university researchers like Baylor and, and, um, and Berkeley and a few others, they, they have come to, to clearly distinguish and categorize three types of patients in their studies. Number one, interpersonal conflict, which of course is the macrothemia. And then number two is waiting out life's hardships, and they separate also patients and daily hassles, which would be the hypomene or some of the other words perhaps that were used. And I find this quite fascinating. So then I begin to think, you know, what are the biblical outcomes of patience or maybe even of impatience? Well, let's turn to Proverbs 14 and verse 29, because this is a really cool scripture. Gavin's going to put it up for you. I'm not going to read it, but you can. And what you find here is that it's describing a person who is impatient as being one who is filled with foolishness. And that if this behavior continues, then inevitably, and I think I can probably confirm from personal experience, is going to lead to stupid decisions. And being opposite of patience, well, it's not, I suppose it's no surprise that the research now finds that people who, you know, purposefully, not maybe not purposely, but they just don't try. They're just always impatient. Impatience has a direct correlation to a lot of negative behavior and emotions like anger, even pride of discouragement, um, of stress and anxiety. And there's quite a large list. But the important thing here to remember is that it's just um, directly correlated. It's not causational. Well, what does that mean? It just means that ultimately we still have the power of choice over the response. The problem is that if we don't take that responsibility on the response, that left to its own and unchecked, these outcomes of impatience will not lead or produce the righteousness of God that James writes about in chapter 1 and verse 19. However, patience, well, patience is that pause that lets us get our thoughts back in order and our feelings under control. And therefore, patience does have the potential to produce the righteousness of God. See, Proverbs 14, 29 also describes someone that is practicing patience. And that person is described as having great understanding and abounds in wisdom. And I mean, you could probably immediately think of other scriptures that talks about wisdom and understanding and all these things. But I'm going to read you the outcomes from modern research so that you can think about the different aspects of the fruit of the Spirit and how they interlink as well as perhaps other scriptures. See, these are the listed outcomes from research of people who intentionally practice patience. They make thoughtful decisions. They dis demonstrate positive relationships mixed with empathy and compassion. They tend to be people who are calm and persevering and tolerant with appreciation and gratitude. They demonstrate forgiveness and kindness. They offer aspects of resilience and contentment. But my favorite is that they demonstrate a significant increase in, get this, joy, hope, peace, and love. Now, clearly, patience is something worth seeking. It is worth developing. It is worth cultivating because patience is worth the wait. And yet we live in a world where patience is quickly becoming defunct. And arguably, that is because of things like our on-demand you know, on and we, this, this society that it just has this instant need for gratification. We have instant everything. We have fast food. We have, we have speed dating. We have instant noodles. Um, you know, we have on-demand movies. And, of course, none of these are a problem because 
we all use most of them, right? Like, I love watching the movies, and I'm sure we all go to fast food, but the, it's not individually, it's just that collectively we now live in a society that just expects everything now, and I want it fast. You know, I ordered from Amazon the other week because they had a special on um, washing powder, and I don't have to pay, for, because I pay an annual subscription, I don't have to pay for shipping, which is great. And I was thinking it'll be here next week, and it was there the next morning. Like, it's not even necessary for me, but it just demonstrates the consumer attitude that we live in. That, you know, you can actually get just about anything retail online, which continues to add to the social disconnect and the ongoing erosion of patience. Now, practically, there are a number of things that we can do to increase or strengthen our patience, but it's going to take intention and it's going to take some time. I mean, the, the most obvious one, of course, is that we can schedule it into our day, right? Purposefully make time for, for space and not so, be so busy. Particularly stop that we stop rushing in our interpersonal relationships with different people, whether they're friends or acquaintances. I am so guilty of time to time of listening to respond so that I can move on, rather than li active listening to understand, which necessitates a curiosity that removes judgment and inserts compassion. And it also provides a platform for acceptance and forgiveness, which then yields gentleness and humility. But of course, there's also the aspect that I think we sometimes overlook and that I find so powerful, and that is to make sure that we make time for the quiet mindfulness. To be in the solitude. Because sometimes the most powerful voice of God is in that whisper. Now, Notably, these are not just going to take effort and intention. There's going to most likely be some level of suffering involved. And that suffering will, might just be the sacrifice of our time or giving up of an opportunity or, or some other type of sacrifice. One might even refer to it as growing pains because Paul did suggest in, in Romans 5 and verse 3 and 4 that our suffering, see, was going to produce character, and that that character—sorry, that that suffering was going to produce endurance, and that endurance, that patience, it was going to produce character, and then that character was going to produce hope. And this process is not something I think that I can do alone. I'm going to need His strength. And that just encourages and motivates me to want to really press in, to go back and abide in the Lord, to spend time with Him, to sow, to grow, to deepen our roots that we were talking about this morning, to, to you know, draw on the vine, or perhaps as Paul wrote in Colossians 3 and verse 12, let's read, to be clothed with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. That's long-suffering. The blend of flavors of the fruit of the Spirit are amazing. See, I think that genuine, consistent patience can really only be developed through a deepening of a relationship with God. And of course, that's going to take time to emulate His character as He continues to work in us. But it's also about taking the time to appreciate the expanse of patience that He extends to us and all of the framework that he's already put in place for us. 
And this being the case, then the primary practical and rather, I suppose, significant, if not obvious, thing that we can do as an action point is that I, I need to be really intentional about spending more time with and focused on Him. Because in doing that in whatever capacity, that's where I'm, I'm pulling in His DNA, right? I'm drawing on Him, and I'm growing in the patience as I wait on the Lord. I saw a Facebook meme the other day that I thought really summed this up well and asked if Gavin could pop it up. It's very simple. It says, focus on me, not on the storm. How many think of the storms in your life? I don't know about you, but every time I have a storm in my life, when I am finally able to shift my focus from the storm to him, it changes. Now, that doesn't mean that it's resolved, and it doesn't mean there's an added layer of protection. What it means is that there's a difference in my perception. And in that perception, I'm suddenly now like a tap drawing upon the power that isn't mine, whether it be his, his macruthamia or whether it be the, enduring, the cheerful endurance that he passes on to me, but I'm drawing on a patience that now moves, as we read before, into building my character, which will then build into my hope, which is a mix of faith and trust. And I think that this is what Pastor Adele was talking about when he said, Faith with God, or patience with God, is faith. Look, there are so many scriptures that we could turn to at this point, but I just want to take you through three that talk about this mix of moving from patience to hope with faith. See, in Psalms 37 and verse 7, it says, Rest and be still in the Lord and wait patiently for him. We wait for answers, we wait for healing. We wait for provision, we wait for deliverance, we wait and we wait. But see, ultimately, as we read in Romans 8 and verse 25, that this, this patient waiting, its whole purpose is to focus us on the hope of the things that we cannot yet see. If we look at Hebrews verse, uh, chapter 10 and verse 36, we read that we have need of patient endurance. But Why? So that when we have carried out the will of God, that we may receive and enjoy to the full what He's promised. And then in James, in chapter 5, in verse 7 to 8, we read, Let's be patient until the Lord's coming. You know, and then he goes on to describe how a farmer waits for his yield. You know, in, in this patient waiting... I grew up in a farming community, and there's this hopeful anticipation of the crop to come. It's not just patiently waiting. Like, you're tending, you're, being, you're paying attention. There's a lot of different aspects that are in there. And then he says, and you too, be patient and stand firm. And I would add, with that hope, with that anticipation. See, patience certainly lends to resolving or preventing uh, interpersonal conflict. And if, <clears throat> excuse me, um, and it definitely expands our capacity to be able to, you know, patiently, quietly, cheerfully endure through the trials and the tribulations that we experience. But I'm beginning to realize, and what I'm, you know, really drawing out of what I understand here is that patience has a higher meaning, higher purpose, if you will, that the whole point of us going through these different things and learning and growing in patience is to develop that character, to bring that hope for the promises of God. And now that, that's really 
is worth the wait. I feel like I've missed part of my message because it seems like time is going very slow. But anyway, we're, whatever I missed, hopefully it'll just go in. <laughs> if the worship team wants to come up, they're welcome. That I am confident that, that God did not just have Paul write down some nine random characteristics that he called the fruit of the Spirit. But rather, as we continue over the next few weeks to unpack these nine even further and really come to a deep understanding and grasp the magnitude, the impact, and the integration of these nine, that it is really apparent and without a doubt we understand why this passage ends with the words, against such there is no law, because it's God. See, independently, each and any one of these nine characteristics are an excellent virtue. But if we take the time to patiently weave them together into what I perceive to be a threefold by threefold cord, the result is complete perfection. And it brings exponential growth of opportunities and experiences with God. And now we have moved beyond the weight, or worth the weight. This is now priceless. So, like, I, I hope that though some of this might have been a little bit technical as we walked through, that it's left you in a place that it left me, or that I'm still in, and that's a little bit of excitement, but just a deeper appreciation of the patience and the long-suffering of God, understanding that, that the macruthamia, the, the fruit of the Spirit, patience, is all about that interpersonal relationships and His DNA that's within me and drawing in and mixing with the other fruit of the Spirit. And that this hypomene, this, this patient, cheerful endurance, that it's something that He designed for us, that He gives us, so that we can get through our lives but also so that we enter into a deeper and richer relationship with Him, into a place that will produce the character and the hope of that which is to come. I love the words that my daughter expressed. I feel her quite inspired when I was sharing with her about this sermon. And so I'll use her words. And she said, Oh, Dad, when we wait, we receive the weight of His glory. I think that's so perfectly said. See, patience is not passive resignation to adverse circumstances because it's courageous. Patience is the active and positive steadfastness with bravery that endures. And this endurance, this patience, it expands the further we go in our relationship with God and the further we go in our understanding of His Word. It's, it then takes us to a point that it equips us completely to build the character that is going to blossom the hope that we need for the promises of God that are yet to come. You know, and that, that I think is just absolutely perfect. So we, we have to look, begin to appreciate the great qualities and outcomes that patience has to offer. And as we begin to purposefully cultivate patience in our life, knowing that, as James wrote in chapter 1 and verse 4, that 
patience will have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Which once again confirms for me that at the end of the day, the why of patience is because he is enough, that he is worth the wait. See, I hope today has really underscored for you the, the love, the joy, the peace, and today the patience that the Lord has for you. You know, the Lord has for all of us. There are so many people that have yet to experience the incredible, encouraging, and let's, you know, comforting presence of God. And, and maybe, that, maybe that's you today. Maybe for the first time you're thinking, you know, maybe there, there actually is a God who, who loves me, a, a God who is patiently waiting for me, a God who actually would delight to have relationship with you. Quite frankly, a God who thinks that you are worth the wait. Well, if that's you, then, then I want to invite you to say a little prayer with us, just, just a simple prayer. In fact, as we come to a close very early, it seems, if you could please all stand, and we're going to say this prayer together. If you decide to say this prayer with us, it, it simply is to accept Jesus into your heart and, and to accept him as the Lord and Savior of your life. So if you just all repeat after me, Dear God, I just thank you for your patience and the gift of your Son, Jesus, who patiently endured the cross and died in my place, that I might receive the promise of your righteousness. Jesus, I accept you as the Lord and Savior of my life, and I give you my heart. Look, if you said that with us for the first time, we're really excited for you. It's the start of your journey with God and, and the learning, I suppose, of just why he's worth the wait and why he thinks that you are too. And so, you know, we'd really love to know about it. You know, at least tell to someone next to you or maybe come up and tell one, any of us here today. But at the very least, I'd ask that you, you know, write your name on that yellow card and say, I gave my heart to the Lord and hand that in at the front counter because we just want to delight with you. As, as Ian said, we, we really just want to know you and, and, and be there to support you. You know, this is a great time in a transition now where, you, you know, you're putting on that DNA of God and giving him permission really to, to show you why he is worth the wait. And uh, before we all go, uh, I just want to bless us, especially those who gave their heart to the Lord. So as we head out today, Lord, we just, we just declare that as we head out on this journey for the week that, you know, that your gifts of patient and cheerful endurance would be upon us as well as your personal long-suffering. Amen. Thank you, and I, I hope that you have a great week, and we'll see you at Easter. Thank you for listening to the City Church Podcast. If you enjoyed this message or God worked through you in any way, then please take a moment to contact us through our website at city-church.net or email us your feedback at info at city-church.net.